Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your usual hosts here. We've got Tom Mannering. Hello. And myself, Josh Hartley. Tom, how are we doing this week? I'm doing very well, thank you, Josh. How are you? Yes, grand, grand. I can hear him typing away. I don't know if he's if he's pulling up a web page. I wasn't. I was I was moving my microphone, and as I moved my microphone, the uh, cable landed on my keyboard. Ah, so I was nice. moving it off my keyboard. And now I've spoiled that all. You have, you've spotted the mistake. You'd have got, got, got away with it if it weren't for this meddling podcast host. What's worse uh, is I'd actually muted myself, but you asked me a question, so I had to unmute myself. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, excellent. So yeah, yeah. Well, how, what have you been up to this week? Um, so I have been, uh, this week I have been mostly working, uh, to yes. be honest. Uh, I had a, I've had two games up. Uh, I played... Definitely. I played a Pathfinder game last night. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're playing. Uh, Colin is running a. Uh, it's, it's now getting into kind of the higher levels of Pathfinder. I think we're level like twelve. Um, okay. The numbers so are getting big. The numbers are getting big. Yeah. The the, the last game we played, I got immediately, immediately stun locked, and spent the entire game doing nothing because I was stunned. Great. Uh, love that. Uh, last night was was a lot of talking mainly. So there was a bit a little bit of combat. Uh, in fact, there was there was a combat where I'm playing a summoner character, but like mm. not the summoner class, which is a, a bad move on my part because the summoner class is much better at summoning. Uh, right. But I made the decision to play a sorcerer who can summon, okay. uh, and it's very slow. It takes like uh, mm-hmm. you start on one turn and it doesn't complete until the start of your next turn. Okay. So we got into a fight last night. I started summoning something, and by the time it appeared. The enemy was dead. So great, that, that was good stuff. I, I, I love, I'd love the uh, point of view of the the creature that you'd summoned as well. Is I, I don't know what it was. What was it you were summoning? I summoned angels. Uh, it's this grand angel comes down. Fear not, mere mortals, for I am his. Oh, it's dead. <laughs> Pretty much, That's exactly what happened. Well. um... Well, this is awkward now. <laughs> Do you need help with the cleanup? Perhaps <laughs> I'm here. Uh, yes. And then on Tuesday, I ran uh, Call of Cthulhu. Uh, oh, how is that going? Night group. So the group that you were part of is no He's longer no there. <laughs> uh, so we're now playing uh, Pulp Cthulhu. We're playing an actual module uh, called uh, the Two-Headed Serpent. Yes. Uh, which is a Pulp Cthulhu module really interesting we're only a couple of sessions into it uh i don't want to say is this the one that's in is it set in uh, or a lot of it anyways it's set in the amazon part of it is set in like those kinds of areas yeah south america yeah yeah uh but i don't want to say too much just in case anyone else is playing it or or wants to play it but at the moment they're in the they're doing they're in the jungles of bolivia they're doing some some kind of classic exploring there uh Mm. they they found this site uh, we actually had our first player death, but because of how Pulp Cthulhu works, if you have a certain number of luck points, yeah. you can you can expend all of your luck. So you have to have 30 basic. You expend mm-hmm. all your luck and you survive. So you get that kind of horror thing, you know, like yeah. in a horror film where it looks like someone's dead and then they yeah. reappear like in the next scene. 
Yes. Uh, and they've actually survived somehow. Well, we, we basically got that That's where cool. Ryan's Ryan's character basically fell off, like fell into like a, a black hole. You know, it's like this um, bottomless pit kind of thing. Uh, and then they finally get to like the bottom of the pit, and he kind of like scrambles over, like having survived the the fall with just a, mm. a couple of broken ribs, despite how far it was. So um, that was nice. That was really good. Uh, I really enjoyed that session, um, and we're, we're kind of getting to the end of the the first chapter of that so uh, that's going really well I, I love Pulp Cthulhu it's just I love Call of Cthulhu Pulp Cthulhu just gives it a little bit more punchiness quite literally uh, and it's got just a bit more I don't know it's just a bit more you, fun you can fight and you might survive yeah yeah, <laughs> you're probably still going to die or go insane yes but you'll go out with a bang yes yeah oh that's cool that's cool um, what have you been up to well, um, it, this was a little while ago, but we had so much GW stuff to talk about last episode that I never discussed it. I I ran my first ever session of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, and you it, did. It went well. Well, <laughs> no, no, I'm sure how dare you? <laughs> um, no, it. it um, so this uh, previous episodes, I've talked about this. This is my first time being a GM for D and D. Uh, we're playing through the uh, box set that you get for the Stranger Things themed box set. Uh, uh, we've got four players in the group. There's uh, Corinne, um, Will, and Susan, and Doug. And uh, the only one who's played previously was Doug played uh, old D&D back in the 80s. So I'm assuming he played uh, second edition if it's yeah. uh, at that stage. Um but other, otherwise, they're completely new to Dungeons and Dragons as well. But um, the really nice thing is that they, they did really enjoy it. We didn't have a single combat through the entire session, so we've got halfway through. We've we've got through one of the dungeons, but the way they managed to navigate through it meant that they didn't have to fight at all. It was all negotiation and uh, and uh, investigation and that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, but what the, what I what kind of surprised me, and this is yeah, I, I made a bit of an assumption here. But what surprised me was just how much they threw themselves into the role playing aspect. Because mm-hmm. I I kind of thought, oh well, they've not done this sort of thing before, and it's not like they're uh, act, like they're the actors or thespian types who naturally, you know, it, it's it's kind of like acting, so. Um, but no, they they all really got into it to the point where there's a section of the adventure which is, and the book just calls it "Rumors on the Road," and it's very loose. It just says here's here's four NPCs. Here's the, the information they will give the players. You decide how they come across them and what happens, etc. So I just kind of like ad libbed this little village, created a tavern there created a building that had been smashed up by the Thessal Hydra that they could investigate and sort of pl- uh, plonked these NPCs amongst other NPCs for them to talk to as well. And they were just really enjoying that as well. So th- that's why we didn't finish the session is because we spent like a good hour just doing that stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to hurry them along because they're having fun. So yeah. why why would I? Um uh, but yeah, it was. I was really pleased with how much they threw themselves into uh, into being in character. Good. Um, we are reconvening a week on Friday. 
uh, and combat's going to be inevitable now. So I'm intrigued to see how they uh, how the, how they enjoy combat, and yeah. that might because it looks uh, it looks fairly likely that they want to do a proper campaign of this. Good. And as I've previously said, I'm going to do a pre-written one, but depending on what elements they like, might might dictate which pre-written adventure I go for because if they love the investigation and the role-playing stuff but don't like combat I might actually give Strixhaven a crack because my understanding is that it's not combat yeah it's lighter on combat than other modules Um, but yeah Uh, that's that's a good idea do you think they will I take it you're using the pre-gen characters aren't you Yes. Yeah. So character character creation is a, probably going to be the next thing that we talk about. Two of the like so Corinne knows exactly what she. In fact, yeah, Corinne and Will know exactly what they want to be. Corinne wants to be a dwarf bard, and right. uh, Will wants to be a tiefling rogue. Okay. Classic. Um, I think Susan and Doug are a bit more yet to make their minds up on okay. uh, on what exactly uh, they want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, so character creation is going to be the next. I think it was it was good using pre-gen characters because character creation is, and I enjoy it, but it is um, it's laborious in 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 so much that it takes a lot of effort, like mental effort, time mm. to to do it. Particularly if you've never done it before as well, and it would be rubbish if they went through all of that hassle just to go. Oh, actually, I don't like this game. You know I think the I mean? other the other thing as well is character creation is I I quite enjoy character creation. Uh, I like watching people make characters like for games that I'm running, and I enjoy making characters mm. myself. I'm not one of these people that makes characters like on the side. There are like people that just recreationally make characters. I don't do that. Like there needs to be a purpose to it that I will go yeah. and make characters. Talking in game. talking about you, Barry. If you're listening, <laughs> Barry, with your um, multitude of characters, <laughs> but. I think we love you, Barry. <laughs> when you when you first come to a game, whether it's D and D or it's any other kind of RPG or, or similar, sometimes and even computer games as well, I found this with mm. when you don't have the context of how that character is going to exist in the world, the character creation is problematic because you're like, yeah. well, what what are the things I'm actually because okay, you look at it and okay, you've got persuasion and you've got you know sleight of hand or thievery or things like that. And you're like that's great, but how is that actually going to interact with the world? And you know mm-hmm. what's, I mean, it's like the, the classic one that that comes up all the time in Pathfinder is like ninety percent of players take perception because it's just such a relevant skill because it comes up all the time. But you I mean, still, it is still relevant in D and D fifth, albeit yeah, there's different different things you can do now rather than perception like yeah, it's not as relevant but... uh but it is still uh, you know it's still a very good skill to have mm-hmm. uh whereas like when you've played the game you you know a little bit more like oh, okay well this skill's going to be relevant you know if i'm yeah if i'm making a, a rogue i definitely want stealth and that seems like an obvious one but you'd be surprised like you know the amount yes. of people who without context just won't really think about it yeah so that's good that you've, you've had the the game with them it actually reminded me actually i, I had one other game as well that I ran on ah. Sunday because uh, I'm still running Call of the Netherdeep, the Critical Role uh, Fifth Edition yes. module. How is that going? That's going well. We finished the uh, we finished the third chapter now. It levels fast, like right. really fast. Like so, it's it's um, milestone leveling. And I prefer that. I've, I've I've decided like XP 
XP points are XP points. Experience points points. You know what I mean. Uh, experience points to me seem a bit redundant now. Like hey, XP points was right. You weren't wrong. I'm, I'm gonna for once. I'm gonna ex- do you a solid. Experience point, but XP stands for experience points. So it's no, it experience doesn't. Points, ex- points. Exper- XP stands for experience. It's E X P. Experience. Right, so you were we right. Go. You were actually you do oh, yourself man. a disservice. Oh, yay. <laughs> Some people even abbreviate it to XP, uh, yes. which is then that's your experience points yeah. in that. But EXP is fine. Uh, anyway, um, I agree with you. I, I think milestone leveling is is good, but mm. I, I I think there are. I think it's one of these ones. Uh, you know, I can go either way with it because I quite enjoy. In awarding XP, I feel like it gives you something. If you're a player that likes that, it gives you something kind of tangible from your experience. Literally, mm-hmm. uh, we can go. Oh, you know, we've done well this game. We get experience, and I also quite like breaking down. Like, you get experience from doing this, and you get experience from doing this, because then you can see like where you've made yeah. positive steps. You know, whether it's like, oh, you know, you rescued the Baron's daughter, and you fed sixteen villagers, and you know, stuff like that. Whereas milestone leveling, I think sometimes it's a little bit like not knowing where your next meal's coming from. You're kind of like, mm. I don't. When am I going to level that? I, I don't know. Like, is it you know? And I think especially sometimes for for newer GMs as well, milestone leveling, you're not unless the mo- you're playing a module that tells you, you're not really sure where that should go. Yeah, necessarily. That's fair. You know, is it at the end of every session do you level up because that's going to be a short campaign? You know, is it every time you fight a boss monster? In which case, you know, how do you stage your boss boss mm. monsters? So it's a whole. It's a whole thing, um, and it's kind of supposed to be like sort of you know story beats that that mm-hmm. you, it kind of correlates to. But what I found with Call of the Nether Deep is it seems it just seems to level like so the first one. So they started at like level I think it started at level three or four, and they do chapter one they level up, mm-hmm. makes sense. Okay, they do chapter two they level up. Okay, I'm with you All so right. far. Yeah, we're now we go into chapter th- three. They're like a third of the way through it they level up and I was like whoa why not why not <laughs> I like, like it was it was so like out of the blue that I'd actually finished the session gone to bed I was sitting in bed just doing like I, I tend to do like just a wee skim over like the what I've done to make sure I've not missed anything sure. and like what's coming next so I kind of know what I need to prep for the next session and I'm like oh shit and I had to text everyone at like 11 o'clock on a Sunday night like by the way you all level up <laughs> Excellent. So that that was a bit, and and I've, I kind of having seen that now, I've kind of checked through the rest of the the module because it's kind of a, a sidebar thing, and it there's a few points where that kind of happens where you you level up mid chapter, so it's going to be a fast level. And I, I run, I, I I found from experience and, and having kind of compared this, so when I did uh, Pathfinder Society, you'd have multiple GMs running the same scenario, and mm. I run quickly. I always finished games before anyone else. I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's that I'm a bit pushier as a GM and I'm just like, come on, like get get to what you need to do. Yeah. Or, or if it's just, you know, brevity because I know rules. I, like, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to assume. I genuinely don't know why. But I tend to run quite quickly, which I think means we're probably going to get through this at a fairly decent pace. So I've actually yes. now started planning what will come after Call of the Netherdeep already. Ah. Uh, and started getting that that bit ready as well, ready for when when and if we get to that point as I'm and want to do. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. 
Uh, so I did have something not D&D related I wanted to talk about. You did. You did. You go for it, man. I will go for it. So I'm, I'm really excited about this. Uh, so this is hot off the presses. This was announced today, the day mm-hmm. we're recording, which is the 19th. Uh, it's a, a sunny Thursday evening. Um, Marvel Champions, a game I am known to be fond of, have announced... <laughs> I do love it. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited about this. Have announced the next big expansion box Ooh. and it is mutant genesis oh x-men so, stuff yep. so this yes. is so up to now marvel champions has been we've had the avengers we've had guardians of the galaxy we've had a few of the champions who are a very sort of uh, sort of b-list team uh and we've had the, the spider friends or the web warriors whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. uh but this is this is now the introduction of the X-Men, which is so cool, which means we're going to have some really cool character expansions. But talking about Mutant Genesis, which has been announced, so this is the fifth big box campaign mm-hmm. expansion. So that's after we've had Rise of the Red Skull, uh, we've had Galaxy's Most Wanted, we've had the Mad Titan Shadow, and then most recently we've had Sinister Motives, which was a Spider-Man box. Mm-hmm. So this one is facing off against X-Men, the X-Men's classic foes. Enemies in this box set include Sabretooth, the Sentinels, mm-hmm. and the master of magnetism himself, Magneto. Nice. Which is super cool. Uh, it comes with five new scenarios, uh, as all the expansions have done today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can play them individually. They also form a campaign, which is one of the things I really like about uh, Champions. It doesn't have quite the the, the depth that like the, the Call of Cthulhu card game has, but no. it, it's got its own sort of uh, character that, that does work. So the first one, so how, how Champions works is you've got kind of like every enemy has their own sort of scheme, if you will, their own uh, plot that they're trying to enact. So mm-hmm. you've got Sabretooth is trying to assassinate uh, Senator Robert Kelly, who, if you've seen the original X-Men film, uh, where we first saw Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, was one mm-hmm. of the characters in that. Uh, we've got... Uh, subsequent scenarios that include the introduction of the sentinels Mm -hmm. uh which i i love the sentinels and they're like properly depicted in like their big their big purple robot suits like the original excellent 90s 97 uh x-men cartoons Mm -hmm. uh what else have we got we've got uh master mold who's like the leader of the sentinels uh for anyone who knows uh, we've got the Brotherhood of Mutants are included as like a, a, a set of enemies you can fight uh, and you can add them into other games as well, which is really cool. And then, of mm-hmm. course, we've got uh, Magneto himself, who's who looks like he'll be a beast, no doubt. And then, as with all the campaign boxes, we've got two heroes as well that are included. Uh, mm-hmm. This one's a weird choice, to be fair. Like, the, the two heroes... So, not Wolverine. Not Wolverine. So, right. I'm gonna I'm going to throw this out to you. How how well do you know your X Men? I'm relatively well versed, not like deep though. Okay, I... so I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a freebie. They're not okay. the the big hitters. They're not the like the the people you would go to straight away. Okay, are we considering Nightcrawler a big hitter or not? Because in my in my heart he is, but I know he doesn't like he's not like a core. No, X-Men I would say character. so. I would say like your core X Men are Wolverine, Cyclops, Jean Grey, like Beast, Storm, Storm, yeah, Iceman. It's none of them, right? Right. Okay. So if you can get this two, if you can get one of them in two guesses, I will be impressed. Okay. Oh, um, 
Is Colossus one of them? Yes! <laughs> That's yes! incredible! Okay. Yes! Well, because he's fairly... He's, he's, he's reasonably popular for, like, the sort of B-tier yeah. X-Men. X-Man. Yeah. Uh, cool. Colossus. Uh, so Nightcrawler isn't one. Nightcrawler isn't one. I'll give you that for free. Is it Colossus and Gambit? No. That nah. would have been quite good, though. So it's yeah. Colossus, which I was like, okay, yeah, Colossus is, is fine. Like, I, I get mm-hmm. that. He is part of the main roster. He's a notable X-Man. Yeah. And I'm, I'm quite glad to see him. I like Colossus as a character. Yes. But then the other one that I was like, really? Is, and I don't even know if you'll know who this is. It's Shadowcat. Oh, uh, yeah, because she is in some of the movies, isn't she? she she's the one who she's can move through walls. Played by Elliot Page. Yes. So, um... So Kit, they've got Kitty Pride, Shadowcat as the other one, which I was like, that's a weird choice. Now, interesting, Wolverine is in the set, but he's in is in it as like an ally. So what what mm. we tend to find is like they'll put in certain characters as allies, and then later on bring them out as like main characters as well. I see what they're doing here. They know that people will buy Wolverine if they release him separately. Oh, yeah. I see you, Marvel champions. I know what your game is. It's it's hundred percent. I mean, they've done it with like so like. I think I, I, when we actually when it got announced and we talked about it on here, I was talking about the heroes that were in like the the Mad Titan Shadow, and I was like, really, those are the heroes you're going to go with? Because they went with like two really obscure, like Adam Warlock's not that obscure if you like comics, but for anyone else, like yeah, that's a nobody. And then a, another character that's really only just kind of coming into like the the public zeitgeist, if you will. So. I always think the hero choices are a little bit weird. Whereas with the the sinister motives, they went with Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy, which was like a great choice of yes. characters because they're both recognizable, especially after like Into the Spider Verse as well. Yeah, kind of really gave them a bit of a bump. And Ga- Galaxy's Most Wanted had Rocket and Groot as well, which again, mm-hmm. so odd choices. They kind of seem to have, and I think that it's exactly what you say. I think they like. They bring out the box because you want to get the villains and you want to get the campaign. Yes. Don't oversell it on the heroes and then bring out the main, the big names as your your side yeah. expansions because um, people will pick up, you know, your Storms, your your Rogues, your Wolverines, mm-hmm. your Cyclopses. Maybe not Cyclops. Uh, <laughs> Cyclops is a bitch, isn't he? I don't know. Like, I, I, I always sort of go back and forth on Cyclops as a character. Like, sometimes I quite like him and then sometimes I'm like, Mm. <laughs> mm. he's a bit of a dick uh, yeah. so I, I don't know I don't know um, I also just on the subject uh, of that funnily enough mentioning that they've got incoming X-Men so they've said there'll be new waves coming out and the first two that are coming out are Cyclops mm. and Phoenix funnily enough so uh, they are coming out uh, with those two for definite and I imagine we'll yeah. see the others down the down the line as well which will yeah. be interesting and I have got coming tomorrow two more character packs as well for it uh which are again quite obscure characters so i've got iron heart who is basically an iron man successor sure. uh, and i've got nova who is uh kind of tangentially related to guardians of the galaxy uh, yeah I, 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 I vague knowledge I, I think i've heard the name yeah he's it. he's he appears in like a spider-man cartoon as well as one of like right. spider-man's buddies so uh yeah that'll be fun uh so more stuff for me to sleeve up this weekend after my gardening mm. so yeah that's uh that's fun uh what else were we going to talk about oh we we're going to talk about our planning crossover. yeah yeah planning the crossover so 
long-time listeners will recall that in the before time, um, we used to, once a year, uh, Tom, two of Tom's games that he runs would get together for a long weekend and have a crossover session. It's like two TV series uh, doing some crossover episodes, basically. Yep. Um, and we haven't done it since 2019, but we're gonna we're gonna do it again. So we're we're considering what uh, we, we, we're we're dealing with the logistics of making that happen, um, and uh, considering what the plot is gonna be. So Tom. Uh, what, what you want me to tell you happened? what is <laughs> what, well set the the setup the the setup for our established characters yeah so I think I I alluded to this in a previous episode but it was a while back so basically what whenever we do the when we did the crossover episodes historically it was always a bit tricky for me because the way that the the campaigns were set up where you you were in two different times yeah so the the characters. I'd have to find a reason for these characters that existed in two different points in history mm-hmm. to come together uh, and timey wimey stuff, do stuff together. You know, yeah. be in the same place at the same time. So this is the first year that I've not had to do that because both campaigns have now finished. Mm. So I've got you to a point where you've both where the two timelines have caught up to each other, and yeah. because the characters are, are immortal, they're they're not. You know, no one's aging mm-hmm. out of anything. Um, what I've done, and you guys know this, so I can I can say this without spoiling anything. We're we're basically moving the timeline of the world forward. So these characters during their adventures, they've been imbued with this mythic power that has given them the timeless quality, and that they don't age, uh, and they, they live forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, theoretically, anyway. And they basically, what I wanted to do was explore what does that look like for these characters as they remain timeless but the world moves forward yeah so we've sort of played in a classic fantasy setting uh one of sort of my own creation but kind of partially kind of bastardized from numerous different settings Mm -hmm. as well and kind of smashed together uh but now we're moving that forward uh and we're going into like this uh more sort of steampunk era where sort of science is kind of catching up to to magic and divine uh, arcane and divine magic as well uh and things aren't going to be quite as simplistic as perhaps they are yeah. in in a fantasy setting because you've got industry and you've got technology and we've kind of got a bit of a steampunk vibe going on mm-hmm. and there's going to be some other elements introduced and perhaps you guys won't be as powerful as you you have been and part of that is because we're making the jump from pathfinder over to fifth edition D&D yes the the reason for that is it's, it's, it's there's sort of one main reason, but there's a couple of sort of subsidiary reasons, I think. The, the main reason for me is that Pathfinder at higher levels gets harder and harder to mm-hmm. deal with. And what we were finding a lot when we were playing the high-level games was that because you guys were like level 13, 14, and you had mythic ranks on top mm-hmm. of it, people's turns were taking forever. We were spending like chunks of the game doing algebra uh you know just to work out someone's attacks and things and as much as it was great having those mythic powers and having all that you know bump behind you i've played a 20th level DD game and it is night and day in simplicity and yeah how easy it is to play there's still a bit of that but it is vastly reduced uh so yes i made the decision pretty much executively that we're we're moving over to fifth edition 
And then I think as well, it keeps it a bit fresh for you guys. You know, it's not just the same system. I think with a crossover, you know, we've got nine people at the table as well, having that bit of brevity, that bit of speed. Why are you mm-hmm. smiling at me in a really weird no, way? No, 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 no. This is nothing to do with what you're saying. Okay. I'll let you and the listener in as to what's happened. My dog, Red, has just let off a horrendous fart in this room and has just walked away and left me with it. So... <laughs> oh, dear. So, just, yeah, class move. Class nice. move. This is how it gets you. Yeah. Hope you enjoy yourself. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> See you. See you, boss. I'm out of here. Oh, anyway... So yeah, um, so that's that's kind of one of the main reasons, and and you know we're going to kind of explore what because it's going to change some of the characters fundamentally because mm. they won't they won't move over sort of piece for piece because the class might not quite exist. Like Ewan was, uh, no, not Ewan. Um, Barry was like looking at playing a, an alchemist. And I was like, well, alchemists yep. don't exist. So mm-hmm. you can either play sort of uh, some kind of wizard or sorcerer, or you could maybe go through like the art- artificer and maybe find something in there to kind of mm-hmm. uh, to, to mirror it. Uh, so we're going to have to be, and it's the same for like uh, Ryan as well. Ryan's character oracles don't really exist. Yeah. So we're going to need to find ways for certain characters to kind of tra- transition over. Like for yourself, you're a barbarian. Keep it I assume simple. you're going to go into Barbarian. Going to go into Barbarian. So that yes. works quite nicely for you. Same for like Scott. He's Cleric. I'm guessing he'll go into Cleric. Claire, mm-hmm. same again. You know, and the Druids, same again. But yeah, for some of you, uh, it's going to be a bit trickier. So we're, we're now in kind of the logistic stage where not only are we planning like venue and, and dates and things, but also there's the process of sitting down with everybody individually and working on what does your character look like? Not just what does your character look like statistically, yeah. What do they look like now that hundreds of years have passed? You know how yeah. how does your character fit into this changing world, and you know how how is your experience not just as like all the heroism you've been involved in in, in mm-hmm. your time, but all the loss you've seen? Because you've got to bear in mind that you're going to have seen people live and that generations live and die. You know, even even your older species like your elves, you're probably going to have seen a generation of those uh, rotate mm-hmm. around in the time the time scale i mean it, it's interesting so my character Lokag, the barbarian goliath barbarian is already somewhat used to that because mm-hmm. he was 500 years old yeah. when uh we were playing the campaign so he'd been timeless for a while and he had a connection with um Jorami, the the god of volcanoes um so we haven't had this conversation yet so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna sort of brain dump my initial thoughts and initial questions and we can we can see what happens so uh, he is basically almost like a demigod like mm-hmm. ruler of this tribe of uh, of goliaths mm-hmm. in the uh what was the region the, the horned spine... yeah there we, a mountainous region basically to the south uh, of of this world um I don't know what has happened to their society. I don't know if you've made any decisions on that. Um, certainly, Lokag will be focusing on guiding his people through this change. He's probably... The thing he will probably be struggling with is technology. Because mm-hmm. he's not stupid, but he's, he's definitely not the... He's a barbarian. He's not meant to be t- terribly intelligent. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, 
and also the other question I've got is what is happening with his God? Um, as, as we move into an age of technology, are people abandoning their gods and does that make them inherently weaker? And what does that, what does that mean for his relationship with Jeremy? So this, this well? is one of the things I'm going to actually be talking with the group about, but like it is going to be, you know, as much as I'm not taking anything away, you know, the, the, the gods mm. will still be there. Magic will still be there. You know, that will work in concert with technology and, and you know all three of them will in in some way inform the other uh but yeah i mean i think certainly you know much like in in modern day society there's there's that move away from religion for for you know cu- mm. cu- um cultures that were historically very religious so i think we, i haven't finalized details for your specific area but you're 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 in a very inhospitable mountainous range that's not going to have been immediately impacted by technology, yeah. but it will have seen knock-on effects. You know, you, there's probably been like roads worked through it now, and you'll have sort of you know fundamentally like cars, although they won't be cars, but you know a variant mm-hmm. of cars um, driving potentially driving through your home, you know, coming through your home or these steampunk you know personnel carriers. I, I kind of imagine. Uh... In my head, the the sort of the the, the Goliath tribes that uh, Lokag has been leading, um, I can imagine them being somewhat like the Native Americans clashing with white settlers mm-hmm. over in the Americas. You know, like the you know the, the natives not be not having the tech yeah. that um, that uh, the and being more in touch with you know nature mm-hmm. and the natural world than uh, the white settlers were. Yep, yeah. um, I could. I could obviously we're going to have a big conversation about this as to exactly how that that has been playing out yeah. prior to us starting the game, but that that's kind of in my head what I thought would probably probably be the thing that happens, right? Like, yeah, exactly, and that's that's the kind of thing because you know the party has druids in it as well, so mm. this is going to be a, a massive encroachment on on elements of nature. Uh, your group, you know, the group that, that you were part of as a whole had a deal with the, the, basically the, the forces of nature that yeah. you would maintain a balance in, in Boskenland between mm-hmm. the civilization that you were building up and the natural world that was already there. Is yeah. that still in place? You know, most of those people have, have passed on now, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, through natural causes or, or during their adventuring careers, do the, do the remnants of the group strike to kind of uphold that agreement as kind mm-hmm. of technology becomes more and more prevalent, and, and Boskenland maybe won't be as as impacted by you know a place that was already kind of booming with you know growth and and moving mm-hmm. in that direction, but it's going to be there. You know, it's it's not something you can avoid uh, indefinitely. And the more time that passes, the more that becomes kind of prevalent, and mm-hmm. the greater risk that you know things like the forests are going to be at when you know maybe uh, the 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 industry starts to consume uh consume the forests and things as well yeah. so and the same with the mountains you know there's there's mines there you know it's potentially like i don't want to get too much of a real world analog but is there oil there you know are there are there things that you know potentially could put you at home at risk so mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting there's there's it, i don't want it to get too heavy like i don't want to get it you know it's like this this whole thing but at the same time i don't want to dismiss that that's going to have been part of the the industrial mm-hmm. revolution, for want of a better term for it. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. some fun conversations. Yes. And I'm looking, I am looking, we're planning on having this in September and I'm looking forward to it, not just for the gaming, but just for hanging out and spending time with people because there's a lot of, a lot of the guys I haven't seen face to face since the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it'll same. be good to hang out. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've, I've crossed paths with most people like at least once, even if just mm. in passing, but uh, even then it's been, you know, very brief at best and sporadic if it when it when and as it has happened so i'm looking forward mm-hmm. to to getting to see people again and having a, having the group together because we've played we've only played online now for nearly nearly two over years over two years over two years over two years yeah well when the pandemic started is when we moved to online yeah right? no no you're right it is over two years because it was i think we got our last session in like february 2020 in person yeah and then we moved online so yeah no you're right so yeah i've not played a game in person for for that long yeah so it'll be interesting to see how that goes it'll be fun it'll be good righty out well on that note i think that's all we've got time for so you know guys as always thank you very much for listening and until next time take care bye bye